1: Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. The breaking news is that Joe Biden has tested negative. Unfortunately, it's uh, not a common sense test. He tests negative for that every single day. He's tested negative for COVID. uh, So he can come out of the uh, creepy quarantine that he maintained at the White House. Not before a (laughs) weird beyond words video yesterday where he ranted about January the 6th and purported to offer his support for law enforcement and didn't blink for 17 whole seconds while he stared at the camera. Um, It was weird, and uh, doubly so, given the fact that there was another video released by the White House yesterday where Joe Biden appeared as coherent as he ever appears. So... What was all that about? I don't know. Hard to demonstrate in a radio show where you can't see the visual. The audio doesn't do it justice, but uh, he's cleared. He's back at work. Uh, I had a wonderful time last night speaking to a great group of folks out in New Albany, the 1776ers, and they had another group of people from Gahanna who joined them. The mayors of Gahanna and New Albany were there And we learned a little bit more about the Intel expansion. And there's uh, news and drama on that front today. The Ohio State Fair is underway. I used to love going to the fair. I wish I still was attracted to going to the fair. But I'm not. Because it's where a lot of people gather. It's in Columbus. And... I'm certainly not trying to say or suggest anything that would keep you from going if you decide you want to go, but I won't be going because if I don't go, I know I'll be safe. If I go, I hope I'll be safe, but I don't know, and I like to go with what I know rather than what I hope if the two choices exist. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have to go places and you rely on hope. But I would prefer to, in this case, rely on certainty rather than hope. Hope you enjoy the butter cow. Hope you enjoy the concerts, the fried food. I look forward to hearing about the latest uh, caloric delicacy. Uh, But I'll view it and enjoy it from afar. Uh, We did not have a winner in the Mega Millions last night. A big winner. A super winner. A mega winner. We had... A couple tickets sold in the state of Ohio where people won one million and I think three million. I did not buy a ticket, uh, so I did not take that ride. <laughs> so uh, maybe this weekend I will buy. So, are we over a billion, producer Pam? Are we supposed to be headed yeah, over that's a billion? The,
0: that's uh, a friend of mine texted a me a little bit ago saying it's it's over a billion. He had one number. I had one number. Mm. Yeah.
1: Of, what do you get for of, that? I paid like I spent like sixteen dollars on tickets and I had one number on one line one number there you go it's not (laughs) an investment it's not an investment strategy folks no (laughs) uh so you want to play go ahead uh the uh overwhelming chances are you will not win so that's how that goes uh we have now finally uh details on the uh, funeral for clark county sheriff's deputy matthew yates who tragically died on sunday uh as he and other deputies were responding to a call of a break-in at a mobile home. A woman had broken into a mobile home. The deputies showed up. They were warned ahead of time that the person who was thought to be in the mobile home could be armed and dangerous. They went in anyway. This is what cops do because they thought a woman was in peril or that there was a crime in progress. And so they went in, and Matthew Yates got shot. Uh, His father disclosed to WHIO-TV in Dayton that Matthew Yates was shot in the jaw, in the corner of the jaw, and that he, uh, his fellow deputies then withdrew amid the gunfire, and that Matthew Yates was uh, unable to be rescued by law enforcement because every time they tried to rescue him, uh, they were met with heavy gunfire. Uh, this is an unspeakably horrific result. Attempts made to rescue a fallen officer uh, you hope would not result in injuries or death to another officer. And so Matthew Yates laid there for hours before they were able to rescue him. And when he was finally en route to the hospital, he then died in the ambulance. 41 years old, leaves behind a wife, two sons, and a daughter, uh, and a father who served 34 years in law enforcement and who told Channel 7 that Matthew Yates was his hero. So, this underscores, again, a couple of things. Number one, that we do not want to live in a world where the police are defunded or demonized. And that the um, effort to do so, the strong effort, the widespread effort to do so by uh, twisted and evil activists, most of whom are Democrats, Um, has led to a nationwide uh, hunting of cops. It is now uh, hypocritical at best and evil at worst for Democrats like Joe Biden and others to contend that they never abided the defund the police movement and that they are in fact the party that supports law enforcement. But this is perfectly in line with where we are in our culture now I was pondering this today in light of my speech last night in New Albany to the 1776ers. The joy of doing something like that last night is you're going to meet a lot of people who are like-minded. You're going to be giving a speech to a lot of people who do not need to hear what you're going to say because they're already fully on board with what you're going to say because if they weren't, they wouldn't be members of that group. But it is nevertheless encouraging and strengthening for me, and I hope for them, to hear themes sounded that underscore the fact that if you are conservative, if you believe that men cannot be women, if you believe that our withdrawal from Afghanistan was a colossal embarrassment, not an extraordinary success, if you do not have a problem defining what a woman is, apart from having a biology degree, If you think it's crazy to beg dictators to produce oil when we could fully well do it here cleaner and cheaper, if you share any or all of those self-evident truisms, you are not crazy and you are not alone. So it's always uplifting for me to talk to groups like that. But as I pondered what I said to them and the discussions that we had afterward and sampled the news of the day this morning, including our Vice President Kamala Harris introducing herself yesterday with her pronouns. I thought about all the things that we used to say and share with our opponents across the political aisle, but that now in a nation where we don't have shared values and we do not work from the same starting point of agreement I mean, when you can't agree that when a person is born a woman, they are, in fact, a woman, and they are always a woman, same with a man, that a man cannot be pregnant. When you cannot agree on things that are that obvious, then you clearly are not in a country anymore where we have shared values. And this is true across many segments of our society that are consequential segments of our society. For instance, in the medical profession. Doctors take an oath. Do no harm. Do no harm. I listened to audio today from a conference in L.A. where a doctor from L.A. Children's Hospital talked about removing the healthy breasts of a 12-year-old girl in clear violation of the oath she took to do no harm. We used to get up before anyone would testify in court and... Swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You put your hand on the Bible to do that. Now the Bible is irrelevant to at least half of our society and a depressingly growing number of citizens in our society. And people who work for the highest law enforcement agencies in the country, the CIA, the FBI, have gone before Congress and have openly lied and have paid no penalty for it. James Clapper, James Comey to mention to Hillary Clinton. Do I need to say more? In the journalism profession, we used to live by a mantra. It was voiced by Joseph Pulitzer back in the golden age of journalism, and that mantra was accuracy, accuracy, accuracy. In other words, always be right. How important is that today to journalism? Slant your reporting. Tell a half-truth. And by the way, any half-truth is a lie, if it's not the whole truth. And so, there are more. Probably the number one thing we used to all share as Americans, a three-word phrase. Agree to disagree. We do not agree to disagree now. If you disagree with the left, you are either stupid or you are evil. I'll prove it to you with what the Biden administration is saying about the upcoming economic numbers. Next. We have details on the stolen car and subsequent crash that killed two 14-year-olds and put a fourth, third, rather, in the hospital. It happened Sunday night in the Milo Grogan neighborhood, which is um, in Columbus, North uh, Columbus, North North Central Columbus, kind of. 35-mile-an-hour zone where they were... Fleeing from police who were not pursuing them, but they were observed by a police helicopter. Observed, not chased. So they were out for a thrill ride. They stole a the car and they were going 80 miles an hour along East 5th Avenue in a 35 mile an hour zone. When, again, the 14 year old, he is uh, two years from being able to be a legal driver, uh, hit a light pole. Smashed into a fence, rolled over. Driver stayed in the car. Two others were ejected. There have been 6,000 car thefts in Columbus in 2022. 40% of those vehicles have been Kias or Hyundais, which have a, shall we say, vulnerability that makes them easy to steal. We have a gang in Columbus, the real Kia boys. Gee, I wonder how you become a member of the real Kia boys. Probably have to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. No. Steal a Kia, of course. And uh, this was a Hyundai. But I said it was a matter of time. And sadly, that time has arrived. Now, speaking of the Pledge of Allegiance, we gave the Pledge of Allegiance last night at the 1776ers meeting in New Albany. And sometimes... We say things, we commit things to memory, we don't think about them. So, I was pondering the words of the Pledge of Allegiance last night. Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands. Interesting, interesting. Not the democracy for which it stands. The democracy for which it stands. Now, why wouldn't we say into the democracy for which it stands? Because we're not a democracy. Yet, every time I hear a Democrat open their mouth today, yesterday, last month, last year, everything is an existential threat to democracy. So if we are not a democracy, if we are, in fact, a republic, what is the difference? The difference between a democracy and a republic is very significant. We are not a democracy because a democracy is one where majority rules. Majority rules. Now you might think, well, that's what we are. No, that is not what we are. We are a republic where there are elected representatives who meet and enact laws that conform to a written constitution. Now, see, since I defined it for you, we are, in fact, a republic. So when you hear Democrats prattle on and on and on and on and on about a democracy, you can say, well, uh, you may wish we were a democracy because, think of it, wouldn't that be utopia for Democrats? If they had the uh, weight of the population of California and New York behind them, and they could offset... The will of the people? How many states, citizens, do you think voices would be rendered irrelevant if voters in California, simply by their sheer adherence to Democratic nonsense, could outvote the people of hmm, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, uh, Iowa, Wyoming, uh, Idaho, uh, New Mexico, Utah? On and on and on, right? That's not how it works. That is not how it works. So I'm not surprised that Democrats are trying to ruin our country because they don't like the fact that we are a republic where we have elected representatives and where we have a bothersome piece of paper called the Constitution. Now, today the Federal Reserve will be meeting to perhaps hike interest rates, maybe by a full percentage point, which has not happened in a long time. Of course, they hiked it by three quarters of a point last month, but that had not happened in a long time. And tomorrow we get numbers that tell us whether our gross domestic product declined in the second quarter, and if so, then we will be in a recession. Or will we? Well, we will not be in a recession, according to Brian Deese, who is one of Joe Biden's top economic advisors janet yellen his treasury secretary also said on the sunday news shows that we are not in a recession no things are good things are great things are fantastic what do you mean you can't pay for gas what do you mean you can't afford eggs and milk don't you know how good you have it here's brian as secretary yellen said on sunday uh Two negative quarters of GDP growth is not uh, the technical definition of recession. It's not the definition that economists have traditionally uh, relied on. Uh, There is an organization called the National Bureau of Economic Research. uh, And what they do is they look at a broad range of data and deciding uh, whether or not a recession has occurred. Until five seconds ago, no one had ever heard of the National Economic Development Research Group. And until five seconds ago, the generally acknowledged definition of a recession was two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. But of course, this is an administration where you uphold Title IX by allowing biological men to play women's sports. This is an administration where we don't have a crime problem. We have a gun violence problem it's the guns that are violent not the criminals oh criminals um we have not a border crisis because our border is secure sure we have record numbers of non-citizens coming across our border and yes they're packing hundreds of thousands of fentanyl pills into their tires and potato chip canisters and other things But that's a secure border, don't you know? This administration is good at one thing, and that is redefining terms. The problem is we're not a democracy, and they can't force the rest of us to go along with their lunacy just because they have a few other idiots who agree with them.